0: such as marketing, sales, innovation, or funding that is absolutely critical to the growth of companies, whether they are startups or corporate global players. Where management needs to juggle the challenges of market entries or knowing how to navigate the uncertainty of disruptive developments, mind-feeding is where clarity evolves and helps solving organizational challenges. For those who listen to the entire episode, I have a special surprise gift. I'm also working on some great guests that are industry leaders in management, innovation, and marketing. And we will be talking in the future, much more about the important trends that are affecting the way we manage our companies in the demand to being sustainable, more environmentally and socially friendly, and becoming more empathic leaders. So let's get started on today's topic. In today's episode, we will be looking at what strategy can you use to generate leads through your website. So let's consider it. There are different ways of attracting leads, whether you're doing it online or offline. Nevertheless, when we do something, in whatever kind of capacity, we always have to get bias. So If your business is actually capable of doing business online and offline, that's quite good. And I like that, too, because it gives you a certain kind of independence. Nevertheless, both directions or both channels, as they say, in sales, you should always use and not neglect. Now we'll look at the opportunities of using a website to generate buyers. That means, in the end, that we have to get people to come to our website in the first place. Let's consider, if you have a shop, I mean a physical store, where somebody can go by foot into your shop and look around and see your products or your services or whatever. Then the key thing is, you have to first let them know you exist, that your store exists there. You have to get them to go in there. And if I go in a shop, I want, of course, if I haven't got that much time, I want to know that I'm not wasting my time in that shop. And how? By knowing that this kind of product that I'm looking, service I'm looking, actually is there. As an example, let's say I want to buy a Lego toy for a kid, birthday. Now, if I go into a shop that doesn't sell any toys, then that's a problem. There are, of course, supermarkets and other shops that sell lots of stuff and they still have a little section where they sell toys, yeah? It's like in the supermarket where they sell the chewing gums and other other things at the cash out. They know this is an upsell, it's quite easy to get you to buy. And if the kids are, are skimming around and doing other stuff, you just buy the stuff to keep them happy, yeah? And the shops know that. That's all sales strategy. Now, the key thing is for you, you want to get people onto your website. And how do you do that? There are two options. First, the most expensive way running ads. And the second is the organic way by being visible. Now, if you want to really scale your business, you have to do both. You have to run ads and you have to be organically visible. Now the thing is, there are many of these, let's say, high-ticket sales guys and marketing sales gurus who go and tell you you don't need to have a website and blah blah blah. You just call. And mm-hmm. the thing is, yes, that was the case when there was no internet. And nowadays, a buyer will even maybe say yes on the phone to you, but he'll still go and look and reconsider if he actually wants or not because if then after the call he starts getting buyer remorse and that's a high risk that you always have on phones phone calls or remote sales that the person will go and try to validate if you are really trustworthy or if you are actually a scammer well there are plenty of people who call other companies and people and consumers and so on and say they are the help desk or the customer service of microsoft in fact they are not and they're not even in your country they're actually sitting in some call center in India just trying to scam you now let's consider the way if we are a general business we want to do business with genuine customers people who really want our services and those who we know we can really help and I don't mean just help them to get rid of the money but actually help them to generate whatever they want to have as an outcome as an example Somebody wants to buy a Lego toy. Then you want to, of course, go and help them to find you because you have those toys in your store. And once you got into a conversation, you want to show them what you have and find out what he actually needs. As an example, how old is the child, boy or girl? Does she have, or he have certain kind of interests? So let's say it's a girl and she has interests in technical stuff. It's not always automatically girly stuff. Yeah, No Barbie always. Yeah, there are plenty of girls who play Barbies, but there are plenty of girls who like as well Lego. And other kind of stuff, Playmobil and other kind of stuff. Now, the key thing is you have to find out what he is actually looking for or what she is. Imagine it's a grandmother and she goes in your shop and she wants to buy a toy. Or let's say it's a grandfather and he wants to buy for his grandson, who's just moved into his first flat, he wants to get him a vacuum cleaner. Yeah. That's more vacuum cleaner to keep his car clean or his flat clean. Yeah. And he thinks that would be a good practical gift. Fine. Then you of course have to find out what does he want? What does he need? And then you then can help him find the product. Now, if we are in a website, it means a little bit different because we haven't got this physical touch, this physical room. We're not standing in one room and having conversation and saying, what are you looking for? What does he need? Is a big? Does he have a garden? Does he have a cat or dog? Maybe he has a cat and then he needs a different kind of vacuum cleaner. Maybe he needs a brush or something. That makes quite a difference and so the same thing is with for instance with a website or like my cat who's just now making meows because she wants to leave the room where i'm recording and disturb somebody else who's trying to do a recording and that's the key thing where i then have to find a way to get this done so just in between this recording you won't believe it the best example happened to what i am trying to tell you now i just got a call from a company address selling business. What, does, what do they do? Well, simple. They try to get contact details from all sorts of people, from companies. For instance, she tried to find out who is here responsible for marketing and get the contact details so that she can later on sell them to somebody else. So that somebody else then can go and spam you. Now, what did she do? She said simply, "Oh, uh, we've got we got an email that came back and so on, and, and wasn't deliverable and so on." And then makes a mistake and says, "Who is responsible for marketing?" And now I think mm, <laughs> this company, I didn't quite get it. Ask again for the name, and I so, thought, no. We definitely don't do any business with this kind of company never heard of them. And that's exactly the thing. That is cold calling. It is totally okay to do cold calling. The only thing is if you do it the wrong way and with such trickery anyway, it's rather silly because you can quickly see it. If you have received a few calls of this kind and now um yeah i would say okay it's a it's a it's a cool trick to <laughs> to say yeah we got the email back returned undeliverable and so on and then to ask i would have more asked in this kind of way so we've got the email um has john left the company or uh, who is then responsible who's followed into his footsteps i would say oh yeah it's it's now uh, eileen who's doing that oh, okay but uh, saying, who is responsible for marketing? I'd say, hmm. So you don't actually got received any email coming back. Simply because you don't actually have any contact who you even send the email to. Well, that's a way of doing it the wrong way. But uh, let's look at how we make, do it first online before we go into a different episode and look at cold calling. Because marketing and sales, it's an interdisciplinary connection with each other. Because why? Even if you're doing cold calling just to do prospecting and find out who is actually in the market for your product or service, it doesn't automatically mean that you're going to try to sell them on the phone. Trying to sell them on one go on the phone is rather unprofessional and silly. There are other ways to do it, and even if you've sold them, you might have done it the other way and you might have generated maybe five times the revenue because you sold them the wrong item. Okay, so let's get back to the thing why we're actually discussing this topic. Now, we're trying to build a strategy to get people onto a website. If we're not using paid ads, we can use organic strategy. Now, organic strategy means we have to produce content on our website. Now, we don't have to stuff the main area of the website. We have to create content on a subsection, like a blog, if you like to say it. If you, for instance, go in WordPress, in WordPress, you have two different sections. You have pages and posts. Now, for what we want to do, If we want to build the visibility of our website, we go into posts. Now, the thing is, we have to optimize posts and pages. But for the moment now, if we're looking at pure content generation, we have to focus on our posts and our posts means we have to generate content that is relevant to our products and services. So let's say you are selling um paint dryer. <laughs> I haven't got any other example. Like paint dryer. So um or paint to, to um car paint. Let's say car paint. Keep it simple. So you're selling car paint, then it makes no point to you write a blog post on how to have a good barbecue because it is absolutely not relevant to your stuff. Unless, of course, you are putting your food onto the uh, bonnet of your car and running the car extremely hot and hoping that it boils. That's silly. Nobody does that. So it's not relevant. Relevant would be to have a content that actually explains how to use paint or why if you want to paint your car in general what you have to do first that the new paint will hold. Maybe you have to remove the paint. Maybe you have to do certain other things as well. Maybe as well, whether you have to do this or you shouldn't do it. And if we take a different kind of product, let's say you want to sell a training course, then of course you want to sell the product to the right kind of person who will be fitting for the training and who will eventually succeed in the training. And that's why they then have to, of course, go and say, my niche is blah, blah, blah. And if you want to do this isn't kind of course, then you need to have these and these prerequisites. If you go and say everybody can do it, um, then literally even aliens from Saturn can come by and attend your training. The only thing is, I don't know if they are going to have any benefits from attending your training. And the same thing if you're window cleaning. What weather should you do? You shouldn't, of course, clean your windows just before a storm. For you, maybe as a cleaning company, it's good because then you can come again afterwards and clean up. But um, it wouldn't be maybe a long-term good thing. It would be better for you to go to your client and say, "It's coming a storm, let us do it after the storm because before it, it will be pointless. Now it's better because we'll anyway have to clean everything then and we can go and help you fix this and this problem anyway. And then it makes everything more sense. And the buyer will say, hey, he was genuine. He wasn't trying to make double sales. He was doing one good sale and advising me and being trustworthy and honest. And that's the key thing what buyers want. They want to have a trust in you. Now, By building content that's relevant, we can go and generate more visitors. And how that happens? Simple. The search engines see our content. And if you've written the content in the right way, I don't mean keyword stuffing, the right way, the way you would write it to somebody else, then you will get a success in long term. Because if you write text for search engines, you're going to write garbage. So if you're writing this text, it would have to be in a way that even if you would, wouldn't place it online, you could give it somebody on a printed paper, give it to them and let them read it. So as if you had a potential buyer, you invite them to a coffee and give them this sheet of paper to read. And imagine he's sitting there, sipping his coffee and reading and says, hey, that's actually interesting. I could need this kind of car paint as well on my car. I've got some dents, but uh, yeah, I, I need this and this fixed anyway. Or the other guy says, well, yeah, after that storm, oh, my windows really need cleaning. And I have, I have maybe actually two windows needs fixed, but I don't know how. And then you could say, well, I've got a company who do very good window repairs. And I could call them now and see if they can do it. And if they've got that kind of windows in stock. And another guy, your buyer, will say, oh, that's wonderful. So I don't even have to bother that. And he'll arrange everything for me, have one thing less to worry about. Wonderful. Now, if you have written this context, this text properly, then your content will be valuable and Google will notice it. Google is smarter enough nowadays to understand if you're simply doing keyword spam, keyword spamming is pumping lots of keywords in there and writing a lot of Garbage. Yeah, it's like me writing text about I am going to go to China and then I will eat uh, um, croissants whilst I'm sitting in a pool in Istanbul. Might rhyme, but it's a lot of garbage. Because you can't be in Istanbul at the same time being in China and eating croissant uh, makes no sense. But of course, what were the keywords? Obviously, China, Istanbul, and croissant. Yeah, it does not make any sense, and Google noticed that. If you take the simple example, just look at the text that you might have already posted on your website. Let somebody who doesn't know anything about your business, but you can at least trustworthy that they won't bite you, then ask them to read and ask them if they can actually understand what's there. And if they can't understand and don't get it, then you have to fix it. There are ways to fix it. It's really simple and uh, different things that you can do. But all this kind of writing, It follows a strategy that is based on search engine optimization. And search engine optimization has different kind of variations, different kind of aspects. It goes even towards not only writing content, it's finding the right keywords, finding as well the right places to build backlinks. Backlinks are links that point point from a different website to your website. Ideally, they should point to that content you have written. So instead of let's say uh, pointing from uh, Wikipedia, for instance, to econry.com, it should point from Wikipedia to econry.com/slash/how-to-pull-buyers-into-your-website. Yeah, as an example. Of course, this subpage doesn't exist on that domain, but that's just to give you an understanding. What's the best practice? So why is that so good? Because actually you are sending search engine that will find this link on Wikipedia sending it directly to a page that has this value content. So of course, if a website like Wikipedia puts a link towards you, Google will say, oh, if such a high value website does this, this article must be high value content. Now, why is Wikipedia or other kind of websites of this ilk so highly regarded. They have high quality content. And because they have that and a lot of people linking towards them, the domain authority is very high. And that is important for us to build our visibility. The more domains we have that focus on our content, the better is our ranking. But at the same time, if you're just simply collecting links from websites that are garbage, like link farms, or or home pages that you've just simply created on all sorts of websites, just simply to have fake backlinks, Google will notice that there's nothing happening. And if Google sees this site and knows this site doesn't have any traffic, the domain authority and relevance equals zero. So yes, you've got lots of backlinks, 2,000, 5,000, 6,000, but it's worthless. And there are some backlink automation services out there, who advertise on Facebook and other things. And they tell you that they're going to generate for you every month 600 backlinks. Wow! Now consider, divide 600 by let's say 30 days. That is 220 20 backlinks per day. Now let's think a backlink is more than just a link. It comes to the texts and links and other things. I'll explain this in future um, episodes a little bit more about how a good backlink should be structured. But for now, I hope you've understand the basic idea that you have to get a visibility in the website. And visibility as well, of course, in Google, which means you have to have value content, so Google puts you on page one. There are different kinds of ways of doing that and all these aspects of search engine optimization, I will be referring to it because this is an important part of marketing and sales. If you want to grow your business, you have to do these things. And many of these things you can do yourself. Yes, you will maybe have to buy software, you might have to subscribe to certain kind of tools and that, but they will help you to do it. And you have two revenue streams therefore, which means on the one hand, you have your organic reach that generates your leads. And on the other side, you have as well your advertising. So advertising and search engine optimization are two different kinds of ways to get leads. You need both and let's have a look in the future episodes, how these different kind of strategies and how the little aspects inside, they have to be built and set up. I hope you enjoyed this episode for now. I hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Growth Zone. Show with Christian Barge. Thank you for listening. Please leave a review or rating here on iTunes or on podchaser.com. If you found the content helpful, then share it on social media, please. I would like to invite you to follow our show so that you don't miss the upcoming interviews with leaders in the market. Simply visit the website meetchrisbarch.com. I will be adding the link into the description of this episode so that you just need to click on that link. On my website, you will also find the links to free templates. If you're looking for the books I have published on marketing, innovative technology and sustainable business strategies, just simply click on publication to find my book list. The world is constantly changing in response to trends and events. As a business leader, you need to bypass the sandbanks that can hurt your performance. For those of you who are signing up to follow the show, I have reserved a few copies of my ultimate guide on content marketing and an ESG-compliant cheat sheet. This is the strategy that got me top corporate clients like McDonald's, Linde, Hewlett Packard, Deutsche Bank, Volvo, and many others. That strategy has been working for over 10 years and also got me contacts with police, transport authorities, military, and several universities, and even leading research institutes. For sure. It also worked wonders as it got me many small, medium-sized enterprises and international clients around the world. The link to sign up to our free broadcasting service and the guide is at meetchrisbarch.com. That will give you access to the most recent versions of my ultimate guide on content marketing. You can follow me on Twitter by using the Twitter handle CAPBARCH It's spelled C-A-P-B-A-R-T-S-C-H Yes, that is C-A-P, Barge or spelled Charlie, Alpha, Papa, Bravo, Alpha, Romeo, Tango, Sierra, Charlie, Hotel